Coming to you from North Central Ohio, we share with you the voice of the Nazarene, a week-by-week venture into the Word of God sponsored by the Bucyrus, Ohio Church of the Nazarene. We join our pastor, Reverend Ray LaSalle, and the voice of the Nazarene. And verse 9, begin the reading, and when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. Now, it had to be a special moment when they entered that room and into that home and they saw Mary. Out of the population of that time that God would have chosen a, a young lady, a virgin, to be the channel through which Christ would be born. But they didn't come to worship her. The Bible said they came to worship him. And when they worshiped him, but when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, being warned of God in a dream that they should return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Now you just heard Shirley Temple singing, I didn't get nothing for Christmas. So I want to talk to you about what do you do when you don't get what you want for Christmas? Or in life in general? What do you do? All families have some kind of traditions about this time of the year, things that we do as a family. About a month before Christmas, what I like to do is listen to Christmas carols. I love Christmas carols. I wish Christmas could last a whole lot longer than it does. I like sacred songs at Christmas, but I also like secular. I'm just a bad boy. I like I'm dreaming of a white Christmas or I'll be home for Christmas. It kind of gets me in the mood. Some of you evidently didn't hear any of those songs. And uh, I like jingle bells, sleigh bells ring and just go on and on. And it's about my favorite songs. I'll just be real honest with you. I told the staff, I said, guys, just play some good old Christmas songs right before Christmas time. It turns me on. I don't know about you. But some families like to watch Christmas movies. Maybe that's your style. I'm, I'm not so much into that part. And uh, some of them, you know, like One Special Night. Have you, any of you watched that? James Garner, great actor. And uh, Julie Andrews, and they do a tremendous job. Then some like the homecoming, the homecoming. It launched the Walton series. Some like a hobo's Christmas. Another one is Andy Griffin's Christmas story. I didn't put it down, but some have started liking Dolly Parton's. Christmas theme and show and movie. 
Somebody said, why can't we have movies and programs like that today? Guy said the other day, he said, and he was complaining about all the sex and the violence and the nudity, he said, that's on my DVD player. <laughs> Zoom, there it went. Another movie is It's a Wonderful Life. And of course, the all-time great Christmas story. It's a story about Ralphie Parker, nine-year-old lad, and all that he wanted for Christmas was an official Red Ryder carbine action 200-shot range model air rifle with a compass in the stalk and this thing that tells time on it. He wanted a Red Ryder BB gun. And Christmas rolled around. And he didn't see any present that looked like a Red Ryder BB gun box. And he begins to get desperate and he's hinting to everybody. He's getting discouraged. His te teacher told him he shouldn't have one. His mother told him he couldn't have one. Santa Claus said he didn't see it in his future. Dad or somebody told him if you get one, you'll shoot your eye out. Christmas Day comes. All the presents are opened. And uh, Ralphie's at an all-time low. And everything had been open, and he's sitting there, tears welling up in his eyes. And his dad said, wait a minute. I think there's one more present we have overlooked over in the corner. And, of course, Ralphie got his Red Rider BB gun. But I'm here to tell you that sometimes... Life can come along and Christmas can come along and you don't get your Red Rider BB gun. There's times in life you don't get what you want and what do you do when you don't get what you want? I'm convinced there are some people in the Bible that can relate to this and in my thinking, the, the wise men certainly must have understood. You know, sometimes Christmas and life is difficult. Do you know that 45% of Americans dread Christmas Day? Did you know that 57% of those in America that struggle with depression, they say that Christmas makes it even worse? And worse sometimes, life doesn't turn out like we planned. Maybe you didn't plan that job loss. You didn't plan that divorce. You didn't plan the fact that your kids would be getting in trouble. And there seems to be no answer and they're drifting from you and drifting from the home. You didn't plan on a death to take place or a bankruptcy or other trouble. And sometimes Christmas comes and we don't get what we want. And if there's anybody that could have understood, it's these wise men. By the way, they were wise. I just thought I needed to tell you that. The Bible said they were, okay? And if anybody could have understood, they would. Now, why would they have understood? Well, first of all, I told you, they're wise men. Somebody said if they'd been women, they'd have brought diapers and milk formulas. Well, these were wise men. When they got there, the child was two years of age. They didn't need, he didn't need a diaper. 
And he didn't need a milk formula. They're wiser than you think. Don't try to rewrite the Bible. Moving along. They were wealthy. They brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. Um, may I say that they were well-born men. They probably were descendants of Daniel. And the Bible said that they saw a star in the east. And they're from probably what we would call modern-day Iraq. And so they're following the star in the east. And they traveled 1,500 miles, maybe more. They go across the Euphrates River. They go across the desert. And they're looking for a king. They're not looking for a stable. I mean, they're looking for Buckingham Palace. They're looking for a monarch to rule. You say, you don't know that. Yes, I do. Because it said they stopped at Herod's temple. They were looking for a king in the temple. They weren't looking for a barn. Sometimes in life and Christmas, we don't get what we want. So what do you do when you don't get what you want in life or at Christmas? These wise men teach us at least four things to do when you don't get what you want. And the first thing is, Realize you may have experienced great loss, but it doesn't mean that God has left you. There are times in life when we wind up in a stable and it doesn't smell like Chanel number five. It smells more like manure number six. Life has a way to bring us to a screeching reality and at times you may be in a stable but understand that God is with us even in the stable God's with us when we experience great loss and I can tell you for a fact I know what it means to bury a dad on Christmas Eve and Christmas time hit hard for a number of years even after I had kids I had to put a smile on my face when I didn't feel like it Sometimes we're in the stables of life. But great loss doesn't mean that God has left us and we don't have to live our lives based on explanation. We're to live our lives based on the promises of God. And Hebrews 13, five said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Everybody else may leave, but he'll never leave us because the whole fact of the matter is when you're in the stable, he said, I'm in the stable with you. I was born in a stable. They said, did we not cast three men into that fiery flaming furnace? And well, it looks like there's a fourth man like unto the son of God. I'm with you in the fiery furnaces of life. And I love what the great apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. And he's speaking from his first imprisonment in Rome and look at what he said, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. At my first hearing in Rome, he said, when I faced the council and the judge and all of that crowd, and think of the impact that he'd had in Rome, yet he said, nobody showed up to stand with me. Can I just stop here for a moment and say, you know what? You may be a peacock one day, but by day two, you may be nothing more than a feather duster. And of all you live for is the applause of the crowd, you'll be destroyed by the criticism. P 
People are as fickle as the day is long. I pastored several churches. And just in the pastoral realm, I've had people come and I've had them go. I've had them change and they can do it overnight in a moment. And you drive home and you're looking to see if there's a U-Haul trailer sitting out in front of the parsonage. People change quickly. And this great apostle said, at my first hearing, no man stood with me. All men forsook me, but... He goes on to say, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me. The Lord stood with me. That ought to mean something to some of us. And when you've experienced great loss in your life, don't equate that as though the Lord has left you. The poet said, I found him blooming where heartache abundantly reigns. Who would have dreamed so much joy and so much pain? It's good on the mountain, but they come and they go. But down in the valley, there's always a rose. Have you ever read this background of the Cherokee Indians? And how they try to make a man out of their boys. They try to turn their boys into men. They, they want them to grow up to be warriors and providers. And they want them to be a strong Man, and bring him into manhood. And one of the things they do, they initiate their 13-year-old boy. What they do, they, they take that boy out into the dark woods. And right before all the shadows gather, the dad will put a blindfold on that 13-year-old and set him down on a log or a stump, and there he sits. And he said, you're not to take the blindfold off. If you're going to be a man and you're going to be a young warrior... You take the blindfold off, you'll always be made fun of in the Indian camps. Be strong. And he can hear his dad as the blindfold is on and the evening shadows now have disappeared and it's dark. He can hear his dad walking away through the woods, the crackle of the leaves. And bugs begin to bite him. And the chill of the night begins to crowd in on him. And uh, he's alone. And he hears strange sounds and animals making different kinds of sounds as they're rushing by. And on through the night, he doesn't sleep a wink. There he sits in total terror. And he was told, don't take that blindfold off till the sun hits your face. Man, is he glad when morning comes and the sun backs out of the garage and turns on its shaft rays and begins to warm his face. And he pulls that blindfold off and sitting right there is his old dad. Been there all night long. Somehow came back through the woods without his boy being able to hear his footsteps. He saw that his boy would be safe. And it's kind of that way with the Lord, isn't it? Always watching over us. Even in the terror of the moment when we feel like we're so frightened we can't face life alone, God is there. That's the good news, isn't it? And when you don't get what you want in life, you may have experienced great loss, but God has left. Number two, when you've experienced great loss, don't stop giving your best. Now, if I'd been those wise men, here's what I'd have probably thought. I would have said, I was looking for a king and all I get is a two-year-old boy. His daddy's a carpenter, his mother's a peasant. And I'm not going to give any gold. I'm not going to give any frankincense. I'm not going to give any myrrh. 
And sometimes when you go through a difficult time, when we don't get what we want, there's a tendency and a propensity in us to hold back. There's a tendency not to give life our best shot. And if we don't get our way, we, we, we kind of want to pout and we withdraw. And I'll, I've seen people, <laughs> I hate to go grocery shopping with Jan because I'm going to see somebody that I oughtn't to see, that don't want to see me. It's amazing how people go down other aisles. It's amazing how people get believer restaurant when their food wasn't totally eaten. There's the pastor. We haven't been in church for a long time. And I'll say to them, been missing you at church. Oh, we've been really having problems. I want to say what's new. But I got to be a good boy. Of course, I say a lot of things after I get in the car to myself. If they ever needed the church, they need it now. If you've got problems, you need the Lord. You need your Christian friends if you've got problems. And we can have problems, you know, in our relationships. Well, she's not trying, so I'm not trying. What do you think, Pastor? You need to give it your best shot. It's when they're not trying. If you don't try, you're going to have a divorce or a home divided. And the children will feel the impact of it forever. Well, you just don't know the woman I'm living with. No, don't want to. Well, when I, when I first saw her, she looked like Wonder Woman. They changed, don't they? Well, when I first saw him, I fell madly in love. He was quite a hunk. Now he just lays around on the Devonport and he's become a chunk. Bottom line is you can't change him. You can't. The only person you can change is you. And when you're going through a low, if we're not careful, we don't, we don't want to try. And I've seen that same tendency among pastor friends. When it seemed like the church hits a wall, they quit trying so hard. And we back off. And we don't give it our best. And when you don't get what you want, realize God hasn't left you. And secondly, when you don't get what you want, don't stop giving it your best. And number three, when you don't get what you want for Christmas, don't let circumstances rob you of your joy. Circumstances couldn't have been any worse. An unwed mother, tax time. They've traveled a long way. The end is closed. They can't even find a room to give birth in. In a little hollowed out kind of a cave-like barn. Times could not have been any worse. Suppose there have been a lot of gossip too. And yet, the Bible said in verse 10 of this text, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. They had traveled 1,500 miles. Herod's upset. They could tell they were wise men. They could tell he was calculating. Just when did you see the star? Well, it been about two years ago. Okay, we'll slaughter all the babies. Up to two years of age, we'll get rid of this future king. Times couldn't have been any worse, but they still rejoiced. If I were to say to you today, how many would like to have strength for life and strength for the journey and strength to face the Christmas season? Probably most of our hands would go up. Well, Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you lose the joy, the strength dissipates. And friend, you can't change circumstances. 
Sometimes you can't change situations, but if you know the Lord, you still have joy. You can still have victory. God has a plan for you. God, God has a purpose for you. God has a place in life for you. And that plan's not to harm you. It's to give you a future. Don't let anything rob you of your joy. Here's my last thought. Realize a stable can make you better or bitter. No matter what dramatic experience in your life, you, you might say, well, Pastor, I, it had gone into remission, and I, I thought I maybe would never face this thing again, and I, I thought maybe I'd gotten healed. Now the doctor says the mass has come back. I've had that so many times. Pastor, they've cut out my spot down there on the job. I'm, I'm not old enough for retirement, and I'm, I'm finding out they, they've released me, and there's no job, and I can't even find a job market. You, did you know that the same sun that hardens clay will melt the ice? And the same hard experiences in life can either make you cold and calloused or can make you caring and compassionate. The choice lies within us. Verse 12 of this text says, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when the dramatic experiences in your life, they will cause you to lead another way. That other way, that another way may be better, it could be bitter. Because you can't determine what happens to you. All you can determine is what happens in you. Zig Ziglar used to tell a story. Any of you ever hear of Zig? Quite a motivator quite a storyteller. It was about a father who basically turned out to be a drunk. He was a menace to society and he ended up in prison. And no matter what happens in your past, it should not determine your future. I just want to say that to you. You say, well, I went through a divorce or I had a death or I've gone through a disfiguring or I've had a sickness or I've got trials. Let me say this. God still has a plan and God still has a purpose. Well, Zig Ziglar told the story about this father that had these two sons. And the one son became a drunk, just like his dad, went to the lowest pits and wound up in prison for life. The other son turned out to be quite successful. He uh, became a businessman. He married a woman and was married to her for over 30 years had two children of his own, became an elder in his local church. And a reporter found out about these two boys and he thought this will make a good story. I want to interview both of this, this man's sons. This guy that was nothing but a drunken life and ended up in prison himself. I want to, want to interview his two boys. So he made his way to the prison and got in behind the the, the bars and got into a room and he interviewed this boy that had become a drunk and now a lifetime prisoner. And he said uh, to him, why did you turn out the way you turned out? And his answer was, how could I turn out any different considering the daddy I had? 
he interviewed the successful businessman, the other brother. And he said, how could you turn out the way that you turned out? And his answer was, well, how could I turn out any different considering the daddy I had? And my point is, it can either make you better or you're going to allow life to make you bitter. And you're going to blame it either way, but it's up to you. It's your choice. And sometimes we don't get what we want for Christmas. Sometimes we don't get what we want in life. But we need to realize that if everything seems to leave us, God hasn't left us. And we need to understand that I'm going to give my best in life because I'm doing it for God anyhow, not trying to please the crowd. And you need to realize circumstances you can't allow to rob you of your joy. You only get to live this life one time. Better live it well. And you need to realize that I'm not going to get bitter because getting bitter destroys me, but I'm going to allow it to make me better. And I'll use my hurt to help other people. You say, Pastor, why did you preach this message on this Sunday morning here in December? For one thing, because God laid it across my mind and it kind of dropped into my lap of thinking. But the real reason I preached it was because it was the message for you. Some of you are not getting in life what you want and you're broken and you're hurting and you're disappointed and it's causing you to not give life your best. And you're just gonna exist for a while and one day clock out. Life has robbed you of your joy and your victory. And things hasn't quite turned out the way that you wanted it to. And I'm simply saying, it's time to get our big boy britches on. Pull the blindfold off and realize that God is right there. He hadn't left you. He hadn't ignored you. He's seen everything that's happened to you, but he was giving you a chance to grow up and mature and to be all that you need to be. Our heavenly father, don't back off and not give it your best shot. Let's walk out of 2022 into 2023. Let's make it the best year that we've ever experienced in life. Let's go through this Christmas party that we're going to have for Jesus. And let's let it be his party. And let's be a part of it. And let's get excited and let's give to him a present of our lives. And let's make it the best present and the best Christmas that he's ever had. If you're not all that you ought to be, it's because you haven't chosen to be. Make a wise choice. God, I'm going to be better by your grace and your help. And I'm not letting life make me any more bitter. Father, take this simplistic thought this morning. And we pray that you would just wrap it up with, our, with your divine hand, anoint it, and tack it against the walls of our thinking. And when we walk out of here, help some of us to make some decisions to allow life to be better than it's been and not allow it to be, make us bitter. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. While the music's playing just for a moment, I want us to all stand if we would. And I wonder why we're standing with our eyes closed. How many would show by an upraised hand, preacher? If God will help me, I know the message was 
for me? If God will help me, I will allow this service to make me better. Thanks for being a part of the Voice of the Nazarene. Visit us every Sunday at 9 a.m. with BNC's Pastor Ray LaSalle. For more information regarding BNC, visit BusirisNazarene.org. 